Improving the health of our community through compassion and excellence in healthcare services. Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital brings you another informational podcast. It's Your Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. The Santa Clarita Valley is home to a variety of insects and snakes. How can you avoid being bitten and what should you do if you are? Can mosquito or tick bites be harmful and what's the best way to protect yourself? Well, here to answer all of those questions is Dr. Bud Lawrence. He's the medical director of Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital's emergency department. Dr. Lawrence, let's just start with your best advice on protection. Let's let's just start there from snakes and bugs and ticks and mosquitoes. What do you tell people about the best ways to protect yourself? Well, I would say if you're going to be outdoors, which you probably should be, we live in Southern California, it's a beautiful area, um, it is a good idea to protect yourself against not only the elements, but the insects and the little critters that can be out there. So uh, certainly when it comes to snakes, uh, that's fairly obvious. Snakes are definitely in our environment. Um, They're running around and uh, if you're out hiking in the wilderness or even in your backyard, you may run into a snake. But truly, um, we only have uh, one poisonous snake in Southern California, and that's going to be the rattlesnake. And usually that snake's going to be really kind, and it's going to let you know ahead of time if you're encroaching in on its turf, and it's going to give you a little bit of a rattle. So if you do hear a rattle, you'd probably want to back up. But it's usually, I would say, a, a, a great idea to stay away from all snakes, even though even if you do see a snake, the only poisonous one we have is a rattlesnake. So when it comes to snakes, um, just keep your eyes on the ground. It's always a good idea to see where you're stepping. Uh, You don't want to step inadvertently and uh, accidentally step on a snake. That'll potentially provoke them to bite you. And you don't want to go putting your hands into bushes or areas where you can't see. Sometimes that's where we see snake bites uh, unintentionally when people are gardening or uh, when they're out in the wilderness. Um, but in general, I think that if you pay attention to your surroundings, uh, when it comes to snakes, uh, most people do just fine and we tend to coexist with them quite nicely. Uh, they serve uh, a good purpose in our environment. Uh, and, uh, and again, they usually give us a pretty good warning. Uh, the rattlesnakes do, uh, when we're encroaching, uh, on where they, on where they want to be. Um, other, other things to look out for things that you mentioned, uh, you, you brought up, uh, uh, mosquitoes, that's something that's fairly common in Southern California. I think it can be worse in other parts of the country. Um, but mosquitoes are definitely an issue, particularly in the summer. Um, and I think it's a good idea to use uh, mosquito repellent. Uh, and that goes for all insects. And I think the current recommendation would be to use a mosquito repellent or an insect repellent that has DEET in it, D-E-E-T. Uh, I think that is something that's going to work the best to keep those insects off of you. Uh, you want to stay covered if you're outside in the evening hours. Uh, there, there are some diseases that are transmissible by mosquitoes, and we kind of want to avoid uh, our, our community or our patients or our family members getting exposed to those diseases. Now, let's back up for the, to the snakes for just a minute, Dr. Lawrence. You, you mentioned that if you're gardening, what if one does bite you? And, and let's first assume it's not a rattler. And, and so if a normal snake, a garden snake, whatever bites you, what do you do about it? And if, God forbid, it is a rattlesnake, then what? What do you do? So it's a great question. So, again, the rattlesnake's the only poisonous snake. So if a gopher snake or some other smaller snake bites you, you're going to have um, the issue of a puncture wound. So that is a wound, and you're going to want to make sure that you're up to date with your tetanus immunization, and you may want to go in and get seen for that. Um, certainly a rattlesnake, though, is that that is an emergency. So... 
uh, rattlesnakes can uh, have what's called a dry bite. Uh, so that's uh, a time when a rattlesnake will bite you and they're able to withhold their venom. So they're just trying to tell you, hey, get away. Uh, please don't bother me. Um, I don't I don't want anything to do with you and you shouldn't want anything to do with me. Uh, and they just kind of nip at you and they'll, they'll puncture you, but they won't necessarily envenomate you. And these dry bites will, will look just like any other snake bite. There will be puncture wounds. Uh, but what, we can, what we're really concerned about is the envenomation. So if these rattlesnakes do envenomate you, uh, usually you'll start seeing some tingling uh, and some swelling in that area, um, sometimes some discomfort, uh, generally some discomfort. The swelling is the first thing you probably will notice. Uh, and it's really important that you get to seek medical help as quickly as possible, uh, mostly because the medication that we use uh, uh, to treat this uh, envenomation, Crofab, uh, it takes quite a while for us to mix up once you get to the emergency department. We need to see you, evaluate you, which we do very quickly. We'll take a very quick look at you uh, and recognize right away that this is a rattlesnake bite. Uh, but that medication takes a little bit of time to mix up. So, uh, we, And we want to get that on board as quickly as possible. So definitely a good idea that if you get bitten by a snake, even if you don't know if it's a rattlesnake or not, or you're not sure even if it was a rattlesnake, if you've been envenomated, I think it's a great idea to head in the direction of your closest emergency department, particularly if you're out in the wilderness or up on a hike somewhere far away, to start heading in the right direction uh, to get towards medical help. What about ticks, Dr. Lawrence? People hear about Lyme disease and how hard it is to treat once you do get it. So, uh, you know, people don't know how to remove a tick and they're not quite sure you know, about the head being left in, and it's the same for animals as it would be for people. So what do you tell people about removing ticks and what they should do if they do find one in? Is this something you go to the doctor about to get checked for Lyme disease right away? So it's a great question. So in some parts of the country, Lyme disease is, is very prevalent, uh, particularly on the East Coast area. Um, not quite such an issue for us in Southern California, um, although there are some spotty cases of Lyme disease. So it's not as though we live in a community or a part of the country where Lyme disease does not exist. There, there are cases of Lyme disease, although they are very rare. So the likelihood of you contracting Lyme disease from a tick bite is fairly low, but it's out there. So it's something to be considered. So uh, this is what I would tell you. First off, if you're in an area uh, where you could have a tick exposure, which we certainly do have ticks here, uh, you know, those would be grassy areas, brushy areas, uh, areas with branches. Um, you know, you, you'd want to um, definitely do a tick check when you get home. And so a tick check would be to check areas where the ticks might nestle up and start, um, you know, doing their thing where they're going to start feeding, right? They're going to bury their head in and start sucking blood, which sounds disgusting, but it's just how they live. So, um, you know, you want to check uh, in and around the hair area, uh, in, in, in and around the ears, under your arms, belly button, waist, between your legs, and in the backs of the knees, and around the ankles, those kinds of places. And if you do find the tick, uh, you definitely want to get it out as quickly as possible. So you don't want to let a tick uh, stay in any longer than it needs to be. And so there, there are lots of uh, kind of sort of internet remedies of, you know, putting fire near it or covering it with oil. I, I, would, I would be... Um, reticent to try those things. I think the, the best idea is to take really fine tweezers and, and try to slowly, gradually remove the tick by placing the tweezers as, as, as close to the skin or as close to the head as possible. Ideally, grabbing the head if you can and, and without twisting, uh, slowly and gently um, in, in uh, the direction that the 
uh, the, the, the tick is into the skin, slowly pull it backwards and try to remove that tick. Sometimes the, you, you may lose the head. Sometimes the head may come out, in which case you may want to seek medical attention to get that head removed. But um, uh, a lot of times, and, and I've removed a fair amount of ticks in the emergency department, uh, the head comes out just fine. It's, it's just a matter of applying constant pressure. And then the concern of Lyme disease, you know, um, in, in uh, the very uh, early exposure stages, really this can be treated with a single dose of an antibiotic, essentially. So, um, you know, if there is a concern, you can always, or, or you're concerned about it as a parent or as a patient, uh, you can certainly uh, talk to a medical professional about some advice of the overall risk of Lyme disease exposure versus the risk of the antibiotic. Um, uh, sometimes that's a reasonable conversation to have. What about bee stings? I mean, if you're not allergic to bees, is there a problem if you get stung by one? And, and you know, there's some old wives' myths about things that you can do, baking soda and water, make that paste. Is there anything really that we can do if we get stung by a bee? And how do you know if it's your child and they get stung by a bee, if they've never been stung before, what are you looking for to see if they happen to be allergic? You know, bee stings um, are are pretty uncomfortable, obviously. Um, you know, a couple of things straight out of the gate, regardless if you're allergic or not. It would be a good idea to remove the stinger. Um, you know, that stinger with a bee uh, usually has a little uh, a sac uh, that has the venom in it uh, where, where it envenomates you. And you'd want to remove that. And a really good way to remove that, uh, the, the, the stinger, you don't want to grab it with, uh, you don't want to grab the sack with tweezers because that'll just squeeze the rest of the venom in. Um, uh, so what what you'd like to do is uh, what works really well I find is a, if you drag a credit card uh, backwards as though uh, against against where the stinging occurred, it'll actually you can actually easily pull the stinger out using a credit card, just dragging it against the skin. Um, and then what you want to look out for, you know, most everyone's going to get a localized reaction. You're going to get some swelling. You're going to get some redness. Um, and uh, but in someone who's allergic, they're going to have more of a systemic reaction, meaning a reaction throughout their entire body. So you want to look for other areas of swelling or other areas of rash, um, truly swelling around the face, uh, lips, in the mouth, uh, those kinds of things. Those would be concerning and maybe potentially a sign of a significant allergic reaction that would warrant uh, further medical attention. Uh, but most people who aren't allergic to bees, uh, when they get stung, they're going to have a localized reaction with some discomfort. Um, and you might want to treat that with some anti-inflammatory medication like some Motrin or Tylenol even, uh, and then uh, some ice on the affected area. And then you want to keep a close eye out for infection over the next three or four days, um, because uh, even up to two days, because what happens is sometimes there is some bacteria that is on that stinger and it can be deposited underneath the skin and you can actually get uh, a little bit of a skin infection in that area. So that's something to look out for. And if you did develop that or you were concerned about that developing, you could always... Uh, talk to your physician about uh, getting that looked at. Dr. Lawrence, wrap it up for us with your best advice about those little buggers that are everywhere, mosquitoes, ticks, snakes, bees, all kinds and manner of crawling things. And as an emergency room physician, what do you want listeners to take away from this segment today about protecting themselves and what to do if something does happen, if they're out hiking and, and something does happen to them? I think you need to enjoy the outdoors. I think you need to be aware. I think you need to be prepared. So uh, certainly if you're someone who's allergic to bees, uh, you need to be carrying allergy medication with you if you're on a long hike or you're away from medical attention. But for the general person who's not allergic to these animals, 
uh, or these insects rather, uh, I would say that you should use insect repellent. Uh, you should wear clothing that's going to protect you from uh, ticks and those kinds of things. Particularly if you're hiking, try to hike in the middle of a trail. Don't go uh, walking near the sides of the trails where you're brushing up against the grass and the little trees and uh, those kinds of structures where the ticks like to hang out and get on you. Um, you know, you want to be cognizant of mosquitoes. Certainly be aware of your environment when it comes to snakes. Uh, be careful where you step. Uh, keep an ear out for rattles. Uh, and, you know, just I think that if you're aware of your surroundings, uh, you use insect repellent, um, you dress appropriately, and certainly after you go on a hike in the outdoors uh, or you're even in your backyard because there are ticks in your backyard if you have a very wooded backyard, you know, have someone like a family member or even yourself do a tick check. Try and do your best to make sure you don't have a tick because they can be very challenging to find sometimes. But generally speaking, uh, California, thankfully, we don't have as many issues as some other areas of the country do. Um, uh, I think that for the most part, uh, you know, I would be very cautious about rattlesnakes. Uh, and I think most of our community is pretty savvy to that. So uh, it's just mostly about awareness. It's great information and so important for people to hear as we do want people to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. But those are great things to be aware of and precautions to take. Thank you, Dr. Lawrence, for being with us today. You're listening to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. For more information, please visit henrymayo.com. That's henrymayo.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.